Blog Talk Radio. Anthony Hamilton 
and Joe, and that's, of course, Maxwell, okay? So we'll talk about that when I get back. It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I'll be back in a moment with y'all.
every concert I've been to, it been to. I don't want to talk it up because I'm scared something might bad happen. But every concert I've been to at that music factory, including I went to one Maxwell one there, and they were great. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get to the business of Maxwell's Night Tour. Okay, all this week Maxwell's doing interesting interviews everywhere. I got to see like a lot of interesting ones. If you're a Maxwell fan like me, I will say this. I happen to catch, and maybe because I listen to a lot of odd podcasts, and so I happen to know this particular podcast. He end, he ended up being on just like a weird, it's, it's called um, Art Talks. And it's out of, I believe it's, it's out of London, but it, he, did, listen, he did an interview on that one. It was one of his best interviews. I mean, the other interviews are fun and funny. Like, I think he did one for here in Texas, like, with Dee Dee and the Morning Show. It was kind of funny and stuff like that. But the Art Talks one, it is really interesting because I feel like he does, like, an hour and a half interview with them. And they're friends. He's, he's doing an interview with friends, and it's, it's a podcast. So podcast formats, to me, for celebrities, and especially when they're being interviewed from from the U.K., you know, in the U.K., it, it seems a little bit more you get more information. <laughs> and so it was It was very interesting to hear, like, him talk, like, really hear him talk. It's, I, I feel like it's been the most comfortable interview I've ever heard Maxwell in, like the most comfortable, where I feel like you learn more about Maxwell. Like, I was kind of shocked. Like, it was a lot of things I did. I was like, wow. It was kind of interesting. It was it was a very very interesting interview. I really really liked that one. So it's Art Talks and it's Maxwell on that one. I loved that interview. It's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I really liked it. I mean, uh, it was really good. It was just you know for me with interviews, it's the subtlety of things. Like when when you're doing an interview and it's like a conversation with somebody, you know, it's always the best interviews because you get like subtle comments from people that they don't know, you know, especially mysterious people like Maxwell who, like, you know, don't say a lot. I mean, they have interviews, but, you know, once you listen to them, you're like, oh, hey, you're saying stuff. But this one didn't seem as it – it seemed a little bit more loose, fun, and you learned a lot of extra things about him, like, you know, what, you know, what he does – you know, that he collects art and uh, that he was going to go into – Advertisement, advertising. So it was like it was a lot of interesting things. I was like, oh my god, this is so interesting. I mean, it, I felt like those were things I've never heard. So good, good interview for you, Maxwell fans out there. Who I know I have some to listen to me. For Maxwell fans, check that interview out. Really good. And then I think he did one like with Dee Dee in the morning show. It was pretty funny. I mean, you know, stuff they always ask Maxwell. Like it's uh, like you know, are you ever gonna get married, Maxwell? <laughs> You know, one of the questions I have about Maxwell, and this is really interesting to me, because one of the questions, because he's so mysterious about his family. Like, you don't really know nothing. Like, I would like to know, this is, this is a weird question, but I'd like to know, what does your mother think about your success? Because, that, you know, I always, like, want to know what moms think once their kids get successful. Like, what are you, what are they, what do, what do they think? Because I know he says they weren't really into uh like I mean, for him going into uh, uh, going into music. Now my family, you know, if you would have went into music, in my family they would have been just like you. The it's the opposite in my family. He's like, eh, what you <laughs> what you want to do? <laughs> you want to go to school? <laughs> Why 
why don't you just go on and go to a performing arts school or something like that? So it, it, to me, that's interesting to hear what somebody whose family didn't want them to go into music uh, want, uh, wanted them to do, uh, I mean, thinks of their success without that support. So I would like to know that. You know, but this, they did, Art Talk did a lot of interesting conversations. They didn't ask that, but they did a lot of interesting talk. But, you know, with Didi in the Morning Show, it's more funny for me. They did, uh, I think they asked him about, uh, what did they ask him? I think they asked him about about when is he ever going to get married. You know, he seems like a forever bachelor. I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, he he might have already been married as far as we know. Do we really know if he's not ever been married or if he's not married now? <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I think... And you know what? He's so such a mystery. I saw, you know, usually a celebrity. I mean, I love, I love tarot, right? And so, you know, they have celebrity tarot card readings, right? And he's one of the few celebrities who don't have tarot card. Like, you know, they got ones on Beyonce, they got ones on different people. But he's like one of the few uh, celebrities that you you don't see a tarot card reading out there on because he's so he's so damn mysterious. I think people forget about him. So it's so funny. So I'm always like, you know, I always like to hear, like, what is the other interesting, t- you know, and the reason I like odd things, people are always asking me, you know, you like odd stuff like tarot keys. Like I was talking to, um, this is off the subject, but I was in class one day and I met another girl who loves tarot, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you like tarot. And I was like, but you know why? Because I come from a family full of, like, empaths, kind of psychic, uh, kind of, uh, like, gut-feeling type of people, so I, li- I tend to like stuff like that, so I tend to be drawn to it, and I really love the stuff with celebrities, you know, because I be always wanting to know, it's not because I need to know, I, like, I be wanting to know, am I right, what I think, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, I don't need to, I mean, I, I wouldn't need, I thought about doing tarot once myself, but I wouldn't really need cards, I don't think, but it's interesting, it's just, I, I like that kind of stuff, but he's one of the few celebrities that you do not see those readings. I did see a palm reading on him one time, which is really good. Like, it was a really interesting one. But you you don't see, like, you know, I get, I've seen all kind of celebrity tarot cards. Like, they have celebrity tarot cards about couples, celebrity tarot cards. I mean, it's just some of the most interesting things. You know, and some people, it's so funny, they, you know, some people are so powerful, you know, they can block energies and stuff like that, but that's a whole other story, okay? But let's get into the review. Y'all know how I be doing. I be having all kind of sideboards. So expect sideboards during this review, okay? Okay. All right, so me and my girlfriend the other day, uh, yesterday, we went to the Maxwell concert. Shout out to Chanel. Thank you so much. Listen, my this is my, I'm, I'm going to have to shout out my friend Chanel. She's the one who drew the lottery ticket. <laughs> For Maxwell this time, <laughs> right? And um, it's so funny because one of my other girlfriends, a uh, couple of them was, like, talking about, we could have came to Texas. And I was like, what? Wow. Like, you know, at first they was acting like they didn't even want to be bothered. And then she wrote me and said, well, we, how was the show? We gonna I was like, well, ain't that something. You said you was, you guys was okay with Chanel. And now you're like, oh, well, well, I, we could have went to the show. It's just whatever. You know, they be usually they fighting about the show. <laughs> they tired of Maxwell. Okay? They like, uh, they protested me with Maxwell. But Chanel went with um, me, and we just have, we, we, she likes, we went to the last one together. And we've been friends for so many years. Like, 
I think when I first met Chanel, I had to tell my story about my friend, okay? So we met each other. It's a funny story because I would hear of her. Like for years, and I was going with this, I was in, when I was, it was my, I was, I was a, like a freshman in college, and I was going with this real popular guy who was a basketball player and everything, and I was always like, you know, what is he, is he cheating, is he this and that, and I would always hear about this girl liking him, and I was like, Pfft. What is her name? And then I saw a yearbook picture, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a girl, whatever. And so, like, I never, I I just, like, I would see her sometimes, and I just would just be like, okay, whatever. It just really didn't pay too much attention to her because I kind of, in my head, didn't think, you know, I was kind of jealous. I was like thinking, I might not, I might not like this chick or whatever. So about my sophomore, maybe going into my junior year, I'm at church, and I'm, I go to a different church than my grandparents. I start going, I'm a weird kid like that. I was going to different churches when I was five. This is a weird story. But anyway, so I was going to a different church, uh, uh, this church I, uh, this, this little odd church I found that lived, that was like a, not too far from our house. And I would go to that church all the time, so I was probably about 16. So I'm sitting in church, and my pastor at the church was like, I want you to meet somebody and stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, and he told me about her, but I still didn't meet her. So I'm sitting here in church, and so this girl, like, she, I see her sitting across, and I was like, is that the girl I think it is? And then she comes over, and she goes, hi, can I sit with you? And I'm like, oh, this is that chick who used to like my boyfriend, <laughs> right? And so we became such good, she was older than me, we became such good friends. At, from that moment on, from that day forward, I mean, we would hang out, and I was when she first had, she was when she first had her first child. I was I was her good friend then, and the second one, and I used to babysit when they were little. Now they're grown women and everything, so it is so funny. So we kind of had this like weird friendship, like we've been friends forever. So, and a lot of my friends are like that, which is weird. I've known some of them since high school, so our grade school. Really true, true story. So, <laughs> so uh, last night, so we go to we plan to go because we don't sometimes get to hang out a lot. We don't get to, so we I, I, we decided we hang out for Maxwell. And we went to dinner. There's this great restaurant, like pub restaurant here. I love called the Thirsty Lion. Oh my God, that stuff food is the shit. I don't know. And I, I, we accidentally found to go into a concert one night. Was well, like it's like right next to the music factory. Shit is good. <laughs> so like we went to uh, we went to, we went there we hung out you know before the show and everything got to talk and, and she bought me gifts I'm trying to take her out it's her birthday week right so I'm trying to take her out for dinner and a concert and she's bringing me gifts <laughs> so she brought me all like a little gift bag with all like fun goodies in it and stuff like that it was really sweet so I'm like oh my god that's so sweet you know I'm a Scorpio like. When you do beautiful things for me, I'm like, oh my god, that's great, you know. So that's how my our night went. It was, it was, it started out fun like that. You know, I tell y'all stuff. I I always go off the beaten path and tell y'all my whole night. <laughs> so we get ready and we head out to the to the night tour, okay? After we eat and everything, so we get to the night tour and it's at Texas. What is it? Texas is in Grand Prairie at Texas. I forget the name of the place. Texas something, CU or something. I don't know. I think I've been to a concert there before. Not sure. But 
here, here's the thing. It was a weird night. I, for, I was forgetting everything. Like, I forgot my phone charger. I forgot. So I couldn't really take a lot of video. And when I did take video, it was all bad because of my phone was going down, and I needed to save my phone charge. <laughs> it was like something was making me, forcing me to watch the show. Like, you know, like watch it from a clear perspective. Like, I got to videotape some video, but not long. So I got to watch it from like a clear perspective, right? So Joe comes out. Now, I kept saying, I hope Joe starts the show, you know, <laughs> with Big Rich Town. And it was like a sentence that came on, like Big Rich, you know, they say this is a Big Rich Town. And people were starting to like cheer, but then it went off. And then it was like you could tell it was something going on with the sound. And then he just kind of, like, walked out. It was like you could tell, you know, the cues and stuff. You're like, what's going on, you know? So, so, but the funny thing about Joe, like, Joe was great, okay? But but what I could hear him, because when he was out there, the music was real loud, but you couldn't really hear his voice. Now, about this particular venue, what I think was happening, because of how they have the speakers set up up front, and I was sitting, you know, let me tell you something. This this is weird. I don't, I, I hate to say this. Cyborg, but <laughs> I sometimes, like, when I go to concerts, I used to, you know, I used to sit in the front all the time, okay, at concerts and stuff, and besides, tickets are high as fuck right now, <laughs> but sometimes my scorpion nature gets the best of me, and it wasn't about even really about cheap tickets or nothing like that, I just wanted to sit over in that little comfortable corner, like, kind of, like, away from it, and kind of, re- I was still, I was I was close enough, right, you know. But I felt like I made a bad choice because of maybe where how the speakers, how they had the speaker situation situated because um, we could not hear the sound very well. We were like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, I hate venues who have bad sounds. There's a venue in my hometown that people, they always have concerts. And, you know, it's an old building, a beautiful theater, but an old fucking building. But the sound is always fucked up. I always know when I'm going to a show there. I used to work for Ticketmaster, so I always know when I'm going to a show there, the sound's going to be fucked up. I used to tell people that, yeah, don't sit there. The sound's going to be, you know, you want to be able to hear. Best thing you can do is sit down on that floor. Well, you know, stuff like that. I used to make it my business to know stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know the venues in Texas a lot. So when I went to... um this particular venue, now I know. <laughs> My little scorpion self wanted to sit in a little corner and hide and, you know, just kind of watch the show. But I really should have picked, and I had chances to pick better. And I was like, damn it, I should have picked, picked another seat. But I saw the show. I, was, we, I mean, we were close enough and we saw it really well. But the thing was, it was just the sound. The sound, I was I was pissed because of the sound. And I'm a big Joe fan, right? I've I've loved Joe since I was like in college, right? I remember hearing Joe and I was like, damn, you know, like I was I'm just like a huge I like him, okay? So and the first time I got to see Joe in concert, which is weird, this is a weird story. I got to see him at T a T D Jake's autism event. <laughs> Bishop had him. Out of concert, then I think I saw him once again at something else. So I see Joe a couple of times before, maybe two or three times I've seen Joe. Uh, so I know Joe can blow. So I know Joe can sing. I wasn't even worried about that. I know. It, it, here's the thing. The thing that was distracting about Joe was that we couldn't hear him. 
I mean, the music we could hear, but we couldn't hear him. So that's how it's, the night started out. He came out. He was dressed up really good, looked really handsome. The women were going crazy. Um, I love, you know, my shit love singing. I love that song, love singing. And y'all know my song of songs. Everybody was singing to that song because that song is like the one, okay? Uh, what is it? All the things your man won't do. Honey, Joe, Joe. I might risk it out. <laughs> we sing that song. That song is just, woo, that thing is, that song is hot. <laughs> I love that damn song. And then I think he he sang, uh, he sang, he started off, I think, with Good Girls, Why Are, the good, why are All the Good Girls Taking All the Time or whatever. I used to love, Joe always think about stealing, Joe, Joe is a, listen, I like dudes straight up, Joe straight up with they shit. Joe is a, like a, uh, 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 he'll steal your woman with no, uh, <laughs> He seems like type who will steal your woman with no um, no reservations about it. Because <laughs> all his songs was about buy by the good girls thinking every time. Uh, you know what? What your your man ain't treating you right. I'm willing to go there with you. <laughs> that was a man stealer, right? So you you gotta watch a gotta watch a, a woman with you, with Joe. Cause Joe will take your woman, okay? He, all his songs is about somebody else's woman. So, but I love, I love, and when he's saying I want to know, of course, you know, everybody loves I want to know. Um, so he was, he, you know, he still came across to the crowd very well because why is Joe? And Joe can really sing, okay? So I, I you know, I was irritated the night after, you know, the night of the show. But when I think back in it in perspective, I thought this might be where I'm sitting, you know, like where I was sitting, I had to think about that. Even though I was not far away, but I was right enough. But it was the way the the, the sound and stuff was situated. And listen, side, I hate to say this. Ooh, I don't want to say it. Okay. I thought to myself, because I was like, why didn't they pick the Toyota factory or something like that? That's what I thought. And I don't know if the Toyota factory is booked that night or not. I don't know. But sometimes I think, you know, and, and I could be totally wrong on this, but y'all know I'm going to say what I think. But sometimes I think this this at this time they were, you know, which I love the fact that they're working with the black promoters. My grandmother, sideboard, sideboard, because we tell the review, so I'll be, y'all know I'm going to be sideboarding all through the, the show. My grandmother was in Kansas City, a singer. She was a real popular MC. She, my grand, granny stopped emceeing years ago, but she, but she also used to do radio. In Kansas, she had a real popular radio show in Kansas City, gospel radio show. Her and my grandfather actually did it together, and she used to do promotion and was going to go into rock promotion at one time. So I'm, I'm kind of, I have a, a affinity for promoting and stuff like that, and I know how hard it is for the black promoter, okay, because my grandmother was going to, my grandmother promoted a little bit of, she did mostly, she did gospel, but she was thinking about going into rock. She never did do it because she thought, mm, maybe a little, she, you know, like might a little, be, little bit more treacherous for her, but when she went into gospel, you know, to me, she, me and her, we've talked about this since then, we she was real popular for getting, you know, they would always have her MC the gospel, big gospel shows and stuff like that and everything. But when it came to promoting her own shows, 
it was such a doggy dog. Like it was like a war, <laughs> a war zone and promoting. And my and here's the thing: my grandmother taught one of the biggest promoters in Kansas City for gospel taught her how to promote. My because my grandmother was emceeing. She was young for some of the biggest gospel promoters there. She was promoting, doing stuff for, I think, Foster. In those times, it was big. Those were big promoters in Kansas City. And my grandmother was always in the, you know, her and my grandfather. But my grandmother was really in the mix of always doing, you know, uh, knew. She knew how to do it because she was around those people and working with them forever. So she taught one the next up and coming one how to do it, how to completely do it. But it was such like even in gospel promotion. Gospel promotion was a dog. Like they be like people be trying to sabotage those shows. <laughs> All kind of stuff. And one of the biggest shows I remember my grandmother having was she brought Al Green. I, I met Al Green when I was a little little girl. It's a long story. It's an interesting story too. But Al Green had just started singing gospel, and he needed a person. He needed a, you know, he needed some. He needed people to promote him on the gospel. Who weren't afraid to promote him on the gospel side and everything like that. And I think all I remember is when I was a kid. It's like it's not in the wine that sung. It's not in the songs he sang or whatever. He it's in the holy name of Jesus or something. He had a real popular song, gospel song or whatever. So my grandmother brought Al Green to uh, to Kansas City has a gospel artist. Packed out the place. I mean, everything. One of her big, her big promoting things. But she mostly did emceeing and stuff. But I learned a lot about promotion as a young girl and how doggy dog it could be. You know, a little bit. And especially when you're, especially now because it's such a different time than it was when my grandmother was coming up doing that kind of stuff. Because, you know. You didn't have you had individual promoters and stuff like that, but now you have Live Nation, <laughs> which is a whole nother beast, right? So I I always appreciate when I see artists like Maxwell and Anthony Hamilton and Joe taking the time to work with black promoters because that kind of stuff has become very hard and non-existent. I mean, since Live Nation has come it through, has kind of I won't say monopoly because they probably wouldn't like that, but somewhat like a a big, huge thing in that in that arena, right? So it's always cool when artists break up break to the side from a normal big, huge promoter, and they work with groups uh, black promoters who may have a hard time putting together a promotion group in this. And it's atmosphere, so it's kind of. I think these this other this this promoter group too, the black promoters group they went to. I think they're also doing the new edition, uh, Thirty City tour too. So I think that's cool when artists do that. That's that's dope to me because I understand how difficult it can be for black promoters. Uh, but I bet even more so today because this is what I was, why I'm going through all of that and saying all of this because I'm getting somewhere with it because that made me think of why they had that venue. <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe the venue was cheaper. Or does Live Nation have a lock on, like, places like the Music Toyota, Toyota Music Fest? I don't know. But I thought about that. So sometimes even when you, you know, you pay up, you know, you pay sometimes with certain venues, you know, you might you might pay a little. I remember, well, let me just say this. I'm not saying that's what it was, but I was just wondering. I wondered in my head because I remember when, uh, even when, you know, when you used to do, back in the day when you, they used to have black award shows like the Soul Train Awards, it was very hard for Don Cornelius and them to do those type of award shows and compete with the Grammys because they would put locks on 
celebrities that, you know, and they would make it hard to get people to come to their events and stuff like that. And, you know, same thing happens in promoting. Sometimes they can lock on, put locks on venues, locks on certain things. So art, it could be more expensive for that collective group to maybe come, you know, to get to get, you know, to pay that. But in my opinion, sound is very important. I always make sure that you got good sound all around. <laughs> but I just thought about that. But I really still, I, I didn't get so, when I thought, when I woke up today and I got a chance to sleep on it, I kind of thought, you know, wait a minute, I don't know what if, if why they picked that venue or stuff like that, but I understand the burdens of promoters because I had grandparents who did it. So, it so I and worked with them all for years. So, I get the burden. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I get the burden of how hard it is for the black promoter, and especially in a time where it's not what it was back in the day. You know, when you have places like Live Nation and stuff like that, it's hard. It's hard, 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 right? And I think AEG, is Live Nation and AEG, there's two different things. I think AEG and stuff like that, you have such big, huge groups now. So, um, so yeah, so I kind of, I don't want to beat up on the venue choice because there may be reasons for that venue choice. So what I'll say is I didn't like the sound, getting back to Joe. But Joe put on a great performance. Now, my suggestion for Joe as he keeps going, listen, I like I like showmen. I, I come from an era, I listen, I've been to since the 80s, early 80s. My mother took me to my first concert when I was nine years old. I can tell you who it was. I used to love the SOS band. <laughs> That's one of my favorite groups when I was a little girl. And she took me to see with her friend and her little son. She said, my daughter loves the SOS band. I want to take my baby to see the SOS band. So she took me to see SOS band, Zap, Gap Band, and what was one other group? I forget the other group. This was the original, and it's original back in the day, day. <laughs> and this was my first concert. I was nine years old. And, you know, I'm out there singing, tell me. I know all the words. Everything. Nine years old, okay? <laughs> so... I love concerts, and ever since then, when I got, when my grandparents let me go to my first kind of new edition, I think it was a new edition, I can't even remember it, my first, besides my mama taking me, my first official concert with my friends, we was probably like 11, 12, and it was a new edition, <laughs> I saw stuff like that, so, you know, I'm a big concert fan, I've been to lots of concerts, okay, Uh and I just I've, I've 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 seen everybody I've seen a lot of people perform, so I'm big on showmanship. I love people when they have a whole you know they do it up right. And so I know Joe's opening act, but I kept thinking to myself, Joe, you know, and I like a little competitive spirit in my uh, uh, <laughs> in, in my concerts. So I kept thinking, Joe could whoop everybody's ass if he came out and just let you know play Big Rich Town for about five minutes, like they do on Power, because I saw the crowd's reaction when it just started. You know, when they said, they say this is a big, rich town, people was jumping up like, hey, you know, because people love what Power, and they love that song. Remember when they replaced Joe on Power with, Trey, I think it was Trey songs. Joe was singing the, the actual, you know, they say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poorest part or whatever. Okay, so. 
People got mad when they heard Trey Song's version. They was like, no, 50 Cent, you better take that off. Bring back Joe. <laughs> People was, 50 Cent was so overwhelmed. He said, I'm putting that shit back on next week. <laughs> He was, people complained that hard, so they've been keeping the original one for uh, Power Book Power Ghost Power Book Power Book One and Power Book Two, and it's a very very popular song. Every time Power comes on, especially with Black America, okay, Black America, we love a good gangster flick, right? <laughs> and so the Power Power Book Ghost, even today, when I'm looking on social media and Power Book Ghost is getting ready to come on at midnight. People start, people always have that meme dancing around and saying, they say this is a big rich town. So that's a, so people love that song. They, that theme song is like synonymous in black America. So my thing is, Joe, let that song play for a minute and then make your entrance. Okay, but I lo- I love the show. I do, but I really love showmanship. So I, you know, I always see where people can, you know, I always tell. I was saying the other night on the um, on the uh, video thing on my live. I was saying that I'm a Virgo moon. So I, which I mean is that my moon sign. Y'all have to look it up if y'all know what it is. I'm a Virgo. So I found out why I can see things so well sometimes, and that's my Virgo and coming. I'm like. Dang. I see what's wrong. I'll be like, ooh, what's that? What did you do over there? You know, and I don't like to, like, I don't overly criticize people. This is a show where I get to say my opinion. Usually I'm much nicer about it, but on this show, sometimes I'm more straight up. So I always can see little things about things, like, like where you can, sometimes I feel where you can be better. And I thought to myself, I remember kept thinking, Joe, has, Joe should open up with that. Man, I could do a playlist. Man, I could actually do a show. I could direct, a, 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 like, a. I could actually direct, I'm telling you, a concert. I, I really could help people. But anyway, I thought about it at one time a long time ago. But that is, yeah, I thought that song, if he ever plays that song and just lets it play, I never took the straight path nowhere, that part, you know, let it let it go. Oh, people would go crazy. They love the shit out of that song, okay? So, Joe, good job. I expect, I can't wait to go. I'm going to Sanford. I wasn't supposed to tell y'all, but I ended up saying something on the live. I wasn't going to tell y'all until like a week before. But I ended up saying it on the live, so I might go tell y'all. I plan on going to the Oakland show, catching the show in Oakland. Me and my uncle, we're going to hang out together because my uncle's a musician. So, my, uh, so you know, he's a good musician too. So, you know, our family. We love music, right? So he's like, he's like, yeah, we gotta go. We gonna check it. So we gonna go, we gonna check it out. We gonna check, the, and you know, like it's his, his, he usually likes outdoor events and stuff. So this is his first one, like this concert, indoor concert in a long time. So we we gonna hang out that weekend and check out. Uh, uh, I'm I'm letting him see Matthew. He's like, yeah, I've been wanting to see him for a long time and stuff like that. So yeah, it's gonna be fun, right? <laughs> But I think it'll be better by then. The show should be better because that's their last three. I think Oakland is one of the last shows. I think it's Oakland and it's a Florida show and a Miami show. So I, I can't, I'm excited to see the show in Oakland, okay? So hopefully I'll tell y'all if it got better. It should, I'm pretty sure it did. I mean, it wasn't bad last night. It was just I had a hard time with the sound. And when I have a hard time with the sound, like I said, I become disengaged. <laughs> But I stayed engaged because I couldn't use my phone as much as, you know, to, and usually I have a lot of footage, but I just, this time I didn't because of my charger, okay? So, Joe, great. I love, um, I love the way he uses, he uses his sex 
okay because he, I think he know how to he knew how to use it. My thing about Joe is I would, I think, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I thought Joe should have been second. I know I like Anthony Hamilton a lot. I've seen Anthony Hamilton a lot. Okay, and I'm gonna get into that when I get ready to Anthony Hamilton. But I I thought he should. But y'all really, I mean, I, maybe I was wrong. I'm, I, I guess I'm wrong with that. I, I'm, I'm out of touch with that. <laughs> so um, so it was interesting. Uh, I think if Joe probably had more of a set, you see more from him. But he's the opening opener. So sometimes the opener, they don't have that much time. Usually about, what is it, about 20 minutes to 30 minutes or something like that on a set. Maybe 45 they give him because uh, it's just the three of them. So I think maybe they gave him about 40 minutes or something like that. I can't remember. I usually time the shows. But I was so disgusted because I was every, you know, I was going through, I was, I was, I had forgotten so much stuff. So, <laughs> so I didn't really do like I normally do. We're timing to tell you how many, how long people was out there. But I would say he was probably out there from 30 to 40 minutes, okay? And so next was Anthony Hamilton. And let me just say this about Anthony Hamilton. Anthony Hamilton, it reminds me, I like Anthony Hamilton, and I've seen Anthony Hamilton several times, and I, it was accidents. Because <laughs> the first time I saw Anthony Hamilton, I actually, me and my girlfriends were getting together. We were going to see um, Javier. Now, remember Javier who won on The Voice? This was before he won on The Voice. Facts. Okay, Javier had a whole fucking album before he went on The Voice and a real popular song. I play it on here all the time. I get a little bit crazy every time you call my name. Because I, I was tripped out while he was on The Voice. I was like, hey, man, how are you on The Voice? He just said, yeah, that old ass album. Because we, we thought he was cool. We went to go see him at a small venue in Kansas City. They used to have this venue called The Drum Room. Okay, and just one of the best places to go see a fucking show. I mean, you know, like it was small, it was intimate, it was cool, and stuff like that. And Anthony Hamilton was on the end of the show. Now, I had heard of Anthony Hamilton, but I wasn't that interested, right? But I didn't really know, you know, I wasn't really thinking about him. And I also wanted to see Calvin Richardson. Calvin Richardson, Calvin Richardson still ain't pop. Y'all don't understand, Calvin Richardson's bad. If Calvin Richardson ever ever gets main, mainstream, woo but listen, so I went to see those two, and Anthony Hamilton was the headliner. And at that time, I knew who Anthony Hamilton was, but I don't think I was that much, like I wasn't expecting that much. Shit. Anthony Hamilton and his band came out at the end. Let me tell you something. They kicked, so I mean, he kicked ass. He, I was like, dude was fire, right? And I had only, I think we only paid like $20 for them tickets to see three of them. <laughs> This was back in the day, day. <laughs> right? So he was like, whoa. Like, it was, I mean, he was he was fire. Okay? Do you hear me? Fire. fire. So I had seen him several times after that at the Essence Fest and other places. Anthony Hamilton always puts on a great show. That was not, that was, that was not, listen, Anthony Hamilton, like Calvin Richardson, comes from that old school Southern. My grandfather used to be a quartet singer. And all when I was a kid, one of the things my grandmother used to promote, and so our, we, my grandmother would MC programs with a lot of quartets. And so Anthony Hamilton reminds me of that old-time black quartet groups like Canton Spirituals, Highway QCs, William Brothers. <laughs> He got that when he just do rock and roll, right? He just does he just does secular music, R and B music, but he is so churchy, 
so every he's everything it's like he he brought the church over there into uh, uh, R&B music. That's just, and Anthony Hamilton, I'll just say this. I, I, I'm not, how can I say, I like his music. But I don't know, like, if I, like, if I, because he reminds me so much of quartets and stuff, when I, was, I grew up with that stuff, so I sort of be like, eh. I kind of, I'm so, sometimes dismissive of it a little bit, but every time I go see him in concert, he is always fire. Like, he even reminds me of him. He dresses like him, everything with the big caps on and all this stuff. So it, 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 it's kind of a throwback for me. But what I loved about Anthony Hamilton, he I like he had an entrance, okay? I like the way he looked. I mean, he was just cool. He looked, you know, southern, he had out, southern flair, the big hat, you know, and stuff like that. looked really good. And I like that his band looks like they're fucking enjoying themselves. I love when a band looks like they having fun and the background singers, they dancing, they having a good time. They look like, listen, the sound is bad right now because on his part, the sound, you could hear him real good, but you couldn't hear the music. <laughs> but shit, Anthony didn't need no music, okay? Anthony, I mean, Anthony was a party in and of himself. And what I love, I just really enjoyed about him is that, that not just like that old school sound, but the fact that he was engaged without being engaged. His, I mean, he was still, I'm not saying he wasn't engaged in the audience. He was talking to the audience and everything. But his whole band, that whole atmosphere on that stage, they're very engaged. I love that. They, they, they look like they're having fun. And I love when I see a band having fun. I remember I went to see Jeffrey Osborne once. And Jeffrey Osborne, like, in, we was at the Capitol Soul Fest, it was years ago. Jeffrey Osborne's background singers and everybody, they was having a party on stage. We was like, that's how you do it. They was at the background singers and everything. They was there. They was having a good, everybody looked happy. They was, I was like, shit, this is a, they party. And it, it, it translated to the audience. It was just like a fun, they looked like they was fucking having a jam session. Like, they didn't need us. <laughs> and so, and Cameo used to be like that, too. It was just like, to me, like, you know, the, like, they know, like, the band always looks. Like they enjoying themselves, so I really, I think the, I felt like the audience really loved Anthony Hamilton. Um, people got into, uh, got really into, you know, uh, Charlene. They love, of course, they love Charlene. I think he sang, uh, what's the song? Give you the best of me. I think that's one of the songs he opened up with, and everything. Of course, that got a, a big thing. I mean, he has several songs that people really like. Liked Anthony Hamilton. Thought he was great. No complaints for me about Anthony Hamilton because Anthony Hamilton knew how to get over the fucking bad uh, music. Okay, so here comes Bay, right? I'm excited. I'm like, I'm going to see Maxwell. I haven't seen Maxwell in a long time. I'm excited. <laughs> right? <gasps> but you know what happened? Okay, so I'm sitting on the side. So, like, I couldn't really see his entrance. I like a big interest when you're the star, okay? When you're when you the star of the show, I want a big interest. I don't know if he had video playing. I think he did. He did, but I was on the side. I kind of see, seen a little bit of the video, but I, seen, I could see it from up above, okay? I want Maxwell to make more of an entrance. Not in the moon. <laughs> he didn't do the moon in pretty wings. I was so fucking at me. Yes, you did not do a moon. 
And you did not do pretty wings. Fucking A for you. <laughs> you didn't open up with those things. And he opened up with something, something. I think that's what he opened up with. Did it? Was anybody opened up with? He opened I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> don't, don't sing the lullaby right away. See, it was, oh, my God, it was the Let me just say this. I, I can hear shit, but that crowd, the crowd loved the Maxwell. Maxwell had the crowd really, they were really engaged with Maxwell. Now, the sound was bad. Still on him. It was the same thing. Now, I heard a lot of music on him. Sometimes couldn't hear him. Or sometimes we heard him too well. Like <laughs> like certain things. Like It seemed like he was struggling to hear himself, too. Because on certain songs, I could tell the way he was singing. Like, he couldn't he couldn't hear. Like, you can always tell. I, and he could, I could, I, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I could tell, you know, when a singer is singing, they're not hearing. I could and that's what you, whatever, they're not hearing the music themselves. So, and that's hard. That's a hard thing. So, but Maxwell did such a, like, a damn good job. I will say this. Uh, his entrance, uh, the playlist was great. Now, I did notice, Maxwell, there's a couple of things. I'm, i got to say this. I'm, no, let me get to the good. Let me say the good first, okay? I hope I don't forget what I, uh, other stuff i got to say, but... Maxwell's interest was good. I really liked it. I just wanted to be more flair. Because Maxwell, what Maxwell doesn't understand is he is his goofy and has awkward sometimes. You know, my granny, my grandma calls me up when he was on the Soul Train Legend Awards. She goes, I'm watching that little boy. What's Maxwell? He's cute. I said, oh, okay. And she's like, mm. She said, you always like our people. He seems a little strange. <laughs> he looks so nervous. <laughs> I should have went to go see him when y'all got me them tickets. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I said, so you don't, I said, you don't like him? No, I like him. He's just a little, he seems a little different. I, but you know what it is? Because Maxwell is like, he just seems always anxious a little bit. Like he has that, that little anxious, anxious uh, Gemini thing or whatever going on. But he cannot help. He cannot help. And I don't think he gets, he used to get it, see, it seemed like when he was younger. It seemed like he had more confidence a little bit. I mean, I think he still has the confidence then, but he doesn't get how madly sexy he is. So if you use it, I'm like, use it, and they will come. They're coming anyway, but they will come. Even if that be, they, will, they will be going crazy at the show, right? So it seems like, you know, he uses it, but he uses it in doses. I've never seen now. I've seen footage of Maxwell being very, very, using his sensuality and sexuality to a hilt at a show. My shows, I, I never see that person. <laughs> I mean, what are you? I don't see the, the sexy Sensual uh, Maxwell, I'm always seeing the Maxwell that's giddy and fun, which I like that Maxwell, but it's, I mean, he's always going to be sexy and sensual. Maxwell is just sexy and sensual, okay? But I feel like he can use it more, and I've said this before, I've said it a lot of times before. Uh, what else? The band, when he made the interest, the band seemed like they was hyped for a minute. 
And we'll get to that in a second. Like the band scene, like they was into it. They was, they was coming out. I was like, oh, wait a minute, okay, y'all looking like y'all woke tonight. I mean, they, I mean, it was just, it was, it was good. I mean, I was like, oh yes, right. So I was kind of taken aback. <laughs> I guess I was kind of taken aback about uh, some of the choices that he chose to op- omit from. Because Maxwell, you can have a longer stage show. I don't know how long did he go, about an hour and 20 minutes or something? He could probably actually go an hour 30, an hour 40 maybe. Because, first of all, I'd like to see, Maxwell, you could change. I don't know why Maxwell doesn't change. That's interesting. But, uh, wait, wait, let me, I have to say this part. He did, now, I was so excited because I got to see hair. <gasps> I told y'all about my first Maxwell show, right? He had a cap on the whole time when he had hair back in the day. I was like, you know, when he had the hair back in the day. I was like, no, you're not going to wear this cap the whole damn time. I was in the front row. I was like, he's actually going to wear this cap this whole damn show. And maybe we was making him nervous because everybody was looking at him. And I remember that show. I remember that show so well. (laughs) It was in Kansas City. It was about a week or two after 9-11 had happened. Alicia Keys was opening up for him. That's how far back it was, like 2001 or something like that. And I remember it so well because it was a week after 9-11, and my girlfriend, Gayla, had been bugging us to get these tickets. And so we were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to see Maxwell. He's cute. And we get there. It's like five of us in the front row. We're like, oh, he come out. we like, oh, damn. And one of my friends, I'm not going to say what she said. She looked at her glasses and looked up at it. She, she, was, she acts like she's not that interested. But all the rest of us, we were like, oh. <laughs> we were like, I was like, shit, Gayla wasn't lying. <laughs> he was like, this, what in the hell? And then I remember me and my friend Netta, we look at each other, we like, did they put something? Because they was lighting these big-ass candles. We would never be her always talking about that. And we was like, I think they did something. They, I think they put us uh, put us on some sort of aphrodisiac that we haven't been able to get over. They probably put some sort of... Or something because we ain't been able, we've been like kind of like Gala was about Maxwell ever since then. <laughs> so it's sort of like, and so he's like, Is that, did that candle have something in it? And while he was out there, I said, everybody was just looking at him like he was a dessert. He was so sensual and beautiful, but he didn't take off the hat. I was like, What the fuck? Take off the hat. So I was happy last night to see hair. Oh, and he had the beard. Oh, my God. He's so sexy. Oh, he was fine. Okay, I will say that for you. He looked good. <laughs> right? Okay. So he did great. Music-wise, it was great. The, I mean, the songs, I think he sang Dance With Me. People really love. You know, Maxwell, I know people are noticing. Now, I don't care. Because, like I said, I filed my nails down because I, I, mean, I used to listen to the song so much. I don't pay much attention to the fact that this woman's work, I don't pay too much attention to it anymore. <laughs> but I know people love that song. And I I'm, I find it fascinating that you have not sang that the last two tours. I know it's hard for you. But here's the thing, Maxwell. Okay, because I felt, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm, gonna, I'm about to get to the bad, okay? Sometimes I felt like I was being Whitney Houston. At certain points, you know when Whitney used to, like, when people was having, having voice problems and they'd be trying to, and I understand it because Maxwell has a beautiful, like, high, what's that, falsetto voice. It's beautiful, the most beautiful, 
probably the most beautiful one voice like that in the business, okay? And it is hard to keep that shit up and keep singing that shit over and over. Like, you know, that, that high note, oh, my God, when he starts. I mean, it's a lot. And he still has a beautiful voice. But it's just, I felt like, I was like, is he, what's going on here with the notes? <laughs> but I kept wondering, why not this woman's work in, the, in your, your setup? That's a big hit for you. So I, di- I didn't understand that. He didn't seem fortunate. I mean, he never took fortunate. He's never taken fortunate out of his playlist. I don't think he should. <laughs> I mean, he he fucking did as much work as R. Kelly did writing it, so he shouldn't do, he shouldn't have to take it out of his thing. And people still love the shit out of fortunate, okay? They love that damn song, okay? I'm starting to start to file my nails with fortunate. <laughs> but y'all love the shit out of it, okay? Uh you didn't sing till the cops come knocking. I was pretty pissed about that because that's my shit. Okay, I was like, where the fuck is till the cops come knocking? And I was upset with that. You know, matrimony. You always, man, so you always fail to not do matrimony and let's not play the game. What is wrong? What is wrong? Why not those songs? I get so mad about this. Let's not play the game. Oh, my God. You can even go out to let's not play the game. Oh, people will go crazy. Oh, my God. Why, 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 why? I don't understand why he never does those songs. I want to know why. And then that fast version is of was my girl, has my girl, that's a, that's a jam, too. I mean, shit. I'm like, Maxwell, don't. But he made sure he put that fucking pretty wings in there. <laughs> And you quit doing 1990X. He made sure he put off in there, though. I'm in the zone. I was like, oh, here we go. Am I alone? Turn down the shades. <laughs> Let's drink lemonade. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but you know what I realized last night? I did realize something. He sang always and forever before he sang off. And I kept in the back of my head were off. Now, I know he threw me off with that. I'm shooting out my side, and he go, oh, when he do that, oh, I'm thinking compunction. But in my head, I kept saying, this song sounds like another song. What the fuck? Like, I kept, but I couldn't get what the song was. But last night, I, he, he sang always and forever, like it was an after or before off. I can't remember. He waits always in favor. And I was like, oh, that's what you did. You borrowed some of heat waves. Because when I heard him go, always and forever, and I got a funny story to always and forever. I'm about to tell y'all, sidebar. Because I can't stop laughing every time I hear always and forever. There's a reason for why I laugh. It used to be one of my favorite songs, too, but I can't. I, I laugh at it all the time now because I have a funny story behind it. But <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But he sang that song. When he first started off, I was like, I'm in the zone. I heard, and I said, oh, shit, you borrowed a little bit from Heat Wave. Oh, it's Heat Wave. That's what I kept hearing. Oh, my God. I kept hearing that always and forever fucking shit. That's what it is. You just took some little twists and turns that were different and stuff. <laughs> and you put go off. You went up higher. I see what you did there. I see what you did. I only noticed it because you sung them back to back. <laughs> so you ain't out in danger of being sued. <laughs> so I heard a lot of it in there. I was like, oh, 
Now, that was interesting that he chose Always and Forever, okay? He says that's one of his favorite songs. You know, Maxwell always chooses, like, some old-school songs. He even sang Do Me, Baby. So, you know, Maxwell, I love when you sing Do Me, Baby. But, however, oh, my wish, you know what I want to sing? I keep saying this, and I know I'm right. (laughs) I know I'm right. (laughs) I want to see Maxwell turn down them lights. And do like he did when he did uh, Izzy Brothers, Don't Say Goodnight. That was dope. Okay, it was sexy. But I want you to see you turn down on like, like sexy Maxwell, okay? Like sexy Maxwell that I see that be on these videos that I've never seen in any of my shows, okay? But I'd like to see Maxwell sing Morris Day and the Time. Gigolos get lonely too. Oh my. I know I'm right. I know I am right. I know the girls would go crazy <laughs> if you sing it right. You gotta be. You gotta have it right. You got. You gotta put on the sensual max. Oh my God! I keep seeing him sing that. Like that's how it starts off. I guess you heard of my reputation. Oh my God! You know, cause he's fine. Like, he got that good sensual, sexual. Women would lose it. Oh my God! And black people love that damn song. You want to get black. Black people love Jigglos Get Lonely, too. They be, hey! <laughs> you need to do Jigglos Get Lonely, too. Not always and forever. Always and forever was decent. But please do. You need to add Jigglos Get Lonely, too. I keep saying this. You're ignoring this. Jigglos Get Lonely. Somebody who knows Maxwell, tell him Jigglos Get Lonely, too. He needs to add that into his playlist. And don't take out. It adds, can we hear matrimony or let's not play the game, or, no, not or, matrimony, let's not play the game, and what's the other one? You can add three more songs. I'm with, you can add three more songs. Matrimony, let's not play the game, and uh, what else? Uh, Till the cops come knocking. How dare you take out till the cops come knocking? Really? Are we really going to go there and start, are we going to be beefing because you took out, am I going to be mad? Because I'm going to be mad if I get to Oakland and I don't hear to the cops come knocking. I know other people, they were so hyped to see you because they hadn't been to the concert in a while. Damn that. I wasn't that hyped. I was like, no, nah, wait a minute, I ain't here to the cops come knocking. <laughs> I will not replace to the cops come knocking. Damn it, I want to hear to the cops come knocking. I am. I will. I will start protesting. And here's another thing. Another sidebar. Another sidebar. Oh, I didn't tell you my funny story before. I, first, let me tell you my funny story about Always and Forever. Why I can't listen to that song much without laughing. Funny story. One of my best friends at weddings. Okay. At the time, <laughs> my best friend and me and her, we we were beefing. We were mad at each other, and so she called me up. Couple, probably a couple of months before her wedding, she was getting married. She's like, "Are you going to be in the wedding?" I was like, "No, I'm not," because I, we were we were we were real mad at each other. About <laughs> we're great. We're still close. we're really close now, but we were really mad at each other. So she's like, "That's not fair. You're not being right. You need to be in my wedding and all this stuff." So I was like, "You know, I'm not going to be in your." She said, "Well, at least come to it." And I was like, "Okay, I will come to it." So I came to the wedding, right? And her husband, 
We're good friends there. She she would be she if she was at the concert with me and she heard his signature stuff, she would just look at me and say, Shut up <laughs> But her husband, we we're at they have an outside wedding and we're goofy. I'm a goofy, we're goofy. I'm a comedian, I'm good we we're goofy comedian, we're funny. We are we 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 joke, we do everything. So her husband, there's a singer, her husband has a singer, a guy who can sing in the uh, wedding party. But he decides <laughs> that he's going to sing a love song to his wife. <laughs> and he can't sing. <laughs> and the song is Always and Forever. <laughs> now, I was trying not to laugh because I'm like, no, he ain't about to sing. He, you know, he, and so I was looking my eyes, you know, I'm trying to not look, and I'm with my auntie at the way, me and my auntie, my auntie looking at me, and I'm trying not to look, and then one of my other friends is, up, my other girlfriend who's in the way, I'm not going to even look at her, because I know she's about to make me laugh, or whatever, so I'm trying not to laugh, because I want to laugh, and this is lady up in front of me, and she kept looking at me, because she, she know I'm about to, I'm like, what, because when I heard that he was getting ready to sing, I know he couldn't sing. So he starts singing always and forever, always and forever. That's just how I sound. I was like, oh, my God. I thought, well, this is cute. <laughs> this is classic. He can't sing for the band. I would, I would probably be like, shut the hell up. And she stood up, she stood up there with a straight face listening to it. My, my ass would have been laughing at my husband. I'd be like, you know what? You can stop singing right now. <laughs> if you can't sing, I will walk out of here. Well, he, so he's like, each moment with you, he's all off to energy, just like a dream to me. And I was, I was trying not to laugh. I was just sitting there, my eyes were big. My other friend's trying to avoid me. She's trying to look everywhere but at me because she's up there. And so then he said, you know, you know, he start, he gets to the point, uh, and I uh, know tomorrow will still be the same. And he starts singing the background. Like, he start, he's like, always and forever, each moment with you. I'm just like a dream to me. He's like, dream to me. Then he's singing the background and the front part. I could not take it. He was singing the part where, you know, the people come in the background and say, always and forever. He sang the lead singer's part, and then he added the background. I was gone. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and my other friend started laughing up in the – she was standing up in the thing because she looked out at me. I left the lady in front of me start laughing. <laughs> I don't count her. I'm like, Lord, her mercy, she's gonna be so pissed. <laughs> but he got through the thug. But my ass was laughing so hard I could not stop laughing. So at so when the reception goes out, she said, "Bitch, I saw you laughing." <laughs> I said, "It wasn't just me. I had everybody laughing." <laughs> I said, "I was all good until he tried to see." The lead singers for and the background singers. <laughs> so I never look at that song the same. And I always tease her whenever we get together. I always be teasing her about that. So remember when your husband say, I always said forever, he was with the background. And <laughs> it was the best. It was hilarious. It was sweet. A sweet gesture, but funny as fuck. Okay, so when Maxwell started singing, I always said forever, I started thinking of that. <laughs> All I could see was that wedding. <laughs> So, yeah, so Maxwell did Always Have yeah, Forever. Great song. Maxwell's a great singer. <laughs> but I did feel like, I, like I said, I was I feel like I was getting a little Whitney Houston, Maxwell. Now, I don't know what's going on with your voice. I don't know why you're not doing uh, this woman's work, this woman's work. You know, they go crazy if you sing this woman's work. I 
don't know. I don't know. What's going on, Max? What's going on with you? I don't know. Because I feel like sometimes I'm being Whitney Houston. Like, he'd be like, he tell the audience to sing the part. You know how Whitney used to do when she didn't want to hit the note? She'd be like, yeah, y'all yeah, sing it. We'd be like, no, 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 you sing it. <laughs> so I kind of, I don't know what's, if, he, if he's, like, having those problems. And then also I thought Latina, is it Latina, his background singer? I felt like I kept, I wasn't sure if she was lip syncing some of the show. Because I was, like, looking at her, and they kept showing her up above, and she looked like she was lip syncing. And I was like, is she lip syncing? I could not tell. And then some parts, she did come out and sing, like, when she was, certain parts I could tell she was singing. But certain parts I was like, what's going on here? What's going on? So I'm all over the place with this review. But let me just say this. The band somewhere about Maxwell's band, okay, they're very good, okay, excellent. But somewhere they tap out for me. I don't know what it is about them. They tap out. They never. It's like at a certain point they start look like they're doing this. I don't know if they're bored, Maxwell, because you're doing the same shit too. I don't know. Are they bored? Like they want to be like, let's play, let's not play the game. Let's throw in something else here. <laughs> and you with your stubborn Gemini. Uh, Tori and what is he, Cusper? Ass is probably trying to do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering, like, are they bored? Are y'all bored? Because <laughs> it seems like at a certain point in the show, like, Maxwell's all engaged. He was doing the splits, he was dancing to the crowd, he's having a good time. People going crazy and stuff. But when I look back at the band, they look like they just, this is just, you know, we doing what we do. And sometimes I think, I like Latina, so don't get mad at me when I say this. But sometimes I think, like, y'all got her too stuffy, like, too classy. I mean, like, I like her that she's classic, but certain times she don't have to, like, like, sometimes she's she's so classy. I'll be like, oh, she's so cute. Like, she's so classy. But it's like sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I, that's why I like a variety of background singers. I mean, I like, I understand she's been with them for a long time, and I like her. I think she's dope, but... Can we get, like, two more or something? Like, um, two men or something? I mean, I just have a riot. It seems, like, it, <laughs> I don't know. You see, I don't know. Are they, I, I don't know. Are they bored? Like, I kept thinking to myself, are they bored? Every time I see them, it happens in the middle of their shows. I always think, are they bored, too? Are they bored? <laughs> they look like they're like, okay, here we go. We about to do this shit again. We about to play fucking pretty wings again. We ain't played this motherfucker in two years, but we about to play this motherfucker again. <laughs> so I be wondering, like, should there be some addition? Because, you know, bands, you know, like, should there be some additions to it? Like, you know, some additional add-ons to the the sound. I don't know. It's something missing. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know. But I feel like when I watch them, they get bored. They're they're bored. Like halfway through the show, they're bored. Maxwell's not bored. Maxwell running around and having a great time. But it just see, and the audience probably doesn't notice it. But I do notice bands. I always will look and see. Are they enjoying how they're playing? <laughs> My Virgo Moon ass is always looking like, hmm, oh, like because a band has creates the energy, the atmosphere. You know, even the front. You know, the front singer can be singing really good and having a good time. I always think that a show could be even a whole lot better. Now, I used to, that's why I understand certain things about Prince now. When I think about Prince, 
I mean, we're going to talk about Prince a little later about this whole um, Morris Day thing, too. But when I think about Prince and I think about how Prince used to always change his band out, I'm not saying Maxwell has to change his band. I understand he's been with them for years and years. But I think the reason Prince done it because he didn't want things to be stale. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like where people just are used to playing with the uh, – the phenomenal known as phenomenon known as Prince, right? You know, I mean, he always Prince always came with it. I mean, there were certain people he used all the time, but most of the time, like when you seen the new, if you seen, you know, the Revolution was different from New Generation. You know, it was just like he he and, and he always they always looked excited and ready to fucking go. <laughs> I mean, just like they never think that, but I think that. Prince was that sort of artist that he always liked different and not monotony, right? So for me, I feel like, and I'm so surprised at Maxwell because Maxwell is a Gemini, but he is a, I have to realize, I think he's a Gemini. He, he's a, he's a, he is a, a stellium in it, but he has that, he's like that cusper. He's got a lot of Torian in him. So, you know, he kind of, probably could be kind of stubborn about changing things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is, though. I that I found that part a little fascinating, the band part. Uh, I like the show. It was very good, except for the sound. I did not like the sound. When I reflect back on the show now, I like it. I, I'm sure it's going to get better as we it moves on down the line. Okay. I'm, I I I can't wait to see Oakland. God bless. Okay, I I I think I'm gonna be excited about it. I think it's gonna probably be much better by then. But I would like to see. I you know, I think Maxwell underestimates himself. You know, like you know, like he. I I, I don't think he understands. Like, cause I look back. Like, I look back. At old concert footage, like stuff of Maxwell, and Maxwell was such a different. I don't know if he's not. He feels like not sure of himself sometimes or what. But I mean, you could do so much more. You have such a great body body of work. Like you could do so much more risque things. I believe because you're that great of an artist. I do believe, now I do see this. I can see a little bit. I think there may be some under the surface things going on. I don't know vocally if some things are going on. He still has a beautiful voice. Don't get it wrong. Don't get me twisted. But I just noticed that he wasn't doing the high, the songs that take, take you know, him to do high stuff. I mean, he was doing some of them, but I noticed he wasn't doing a lot of Like, this woman's work is noticeably absent. And I noticed that he's been doing that the last couple of times. Pretty Wings is not really a high song. Y'all know y'all think that because he do that, duh, duh, duh. but that that's that's just uh, that chorus part. But mostly he sings it in the regular tone. So I wonder, like, why are you not singing this woman's words? <laughs> because that's such a big song for you. Even if you sang a piece of it, I just find that fascinating. And I find it fascinating that you don't add stuff in like let's not play the game and stuff like that. I mean and. And, uh, I, and I feel like he is he is subject to his biggest hits. Like, you know, of course he ended it with, with, with ever, whatever, whatever. What is it, wherever, whatever. It was just one of my favorite parts of the show. But shit. I mean, you got other slow songs. 
you know, like, I think he underestimates his catalog a lot. Like, he thinks, I feel like he thinks people don't want to hear certain things because he thinks everybody just wants to hear pretty wings, ascension. <laughs> this they do. And uh, what is it? Like, uh, he puts a lot of Urban Hang Suite. And I'm just like, yo, dude. Like, yo. And Lifetime, of course, Life fucking time. So sick of that fucking time. But Lifetime. <laughs> No offense, I am. Lake by the ocean, he puts that in there. Okay. But I feel like you 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 underestimate the audience. Like like you can do other songs. Like for lovers only. I mean, damn it. I mean give us something else. Yeah. <laughs> Matrimony. I mean give us some shit. Tell us a story, something I don't know. But get, even if you give a piece of a piece. Now, I did see him in Vegas. He sang uh, This Woman's Work. I think this is the last time I ever saw Maxwell singing This Woman's Work. Like, I haven't seen him sing that since, since like, 2017. <laughs> and he's been on tour, literally. He was on tour at that point a long time. So I'm, I'm just I'm just quite interested in why he doesn't want to do this. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, hey, I ain't complaining about you not doing it, but I know people love that shit, Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that's my big thing about Maxwell. Maxwell was really good. He was engaged. He was having a good time. He was doing the splits. I know you was probably, you know, you 48. I know you was probably rubbing your body down while icy hot. I was doing the splits. I mean, you was doing the splits. He was rolling it back. I was like, oh, all right, all right, all right. You sure? You know, you sure what he's working with and all that. Okay, okay, I see you. I see you. All right. But, uh, but I was like, I know you was hurt that. Uh, but it was it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch him. Uh, the sound again. Please be aware of the sound. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a great show. I, it's not one I would miss. Okay, and I love the mix of Anthony Hamilton, Maxwell, and Joe. I think that's a great idea for a concert. Great idea for a show. I loved it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. I'm not going to lie. I liked it. The first time. I'm trying not to be as hard on it because I understand it was the first show, okay? So that's all. That's the review, <laughs> okay? So that's my Maxwell review. I can't think of anything else about Maxwell that was that was not, you know, uh, no. You know, anything. I don't know. There's a couple of other things. So I'm going to leave that. I'm going to wait till I see the show on the 16th. And if certain things haven't changed, I'll see. But listen, here's the thing. Uh, he, I mean, he's such a great artist. I mean, people were literally, they were so, I mean, I think he people really lo- loved Maxwell this time, which I thought, let me just say this. I thought Anthony Hamilton, I ain't going to lie, I ain't going to lie, I ain't going to lie. Because Maxwell has a traditional African-American audience, right, is what I mean by FBA, Foundational Black America, or ADOLF, or whatever you say, American Descendants. Like most of his audience, because it's most of us in America, you know, Black America is a huge part of, of, of blackness in America, right? So most of his audience is literally black folks from, you know, with, you know ADOLF, FBA. So <clears throat> I really thought that Anthony Hamilton and Joe was going to kick his ass <laughs> because, you know, they are traditional. They found FBA, you know what I'm saying, and they kind of, it's almost that you can you sense the connection. Maxwell is Asian and Puerto Rican, even though he's a black man, but I, 
sometimes I think Maxwell gets a little afraid. Like, he doesn't know how to bounce out. Like, he doesn't trust that the audience will go with you. Go. They will come, you know, or stuff like that. But I feel like Maxwell, this is, Maxwell really did held his own. I was actually shocked. I mean, he held his I know what he held his own. He did the thing. They loved him. They loved Maxwell. I the the loudest crowds and loudest uh, class. Everything came from Maxwell. I was actually shocked. People lo- not that they didn't love Anthony Hamilton and Joe, but Maxwell did an awesome job. Okay, of course he's a headliner, but I mean this is the first time where I felt like really he had you know the audience was really like woo, and I think that was partly because he had a great playlist. He didn't. He didn't bog people like like I think with the first a couple of the other tours he was singing a lot of ballads from back to back to back and people was like shit I'm about to go to sleep you know Pretty Wings is a nice song but shit you're gonna put me to sleep you sing Pretty Wings and Bad Habits and to the Cops Gonna <laughs> so this time he mixed it up a little bit right and I love that he opened up with something exciting. He did that with the Mary J. Blige short too. I think he opened up with Dance with Me on Mary J. Blige. But this time he did something that he's that's really popular, which I thought was great. Something something. So I thought that was very smart to do. I wish that he would stretch out a little bit more and throw in songs like Let's Not Play the Game, Matrimony, stuff like that. I just trust yourself. Do Gigolos Get Lonely? I'm telling you, it would be it would be shit. People would love it. <laughs> And that's my review, okay? So when I come back, I'm going to get into a little bit of, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the news for the week, a couple of news stories. I want to talk about Mars Day and the time. Mars Day is not able to use his name anymore. The Prince of State is saying that they don't want him to use the likeness of his name and so uh, we're going to talk about that because that does a lot for that's kind of hard for him for him doing work, right? And we're going to talk about some other uh, news that was going on during the week in celebrity news. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Meanwhile, let's uh, listen to what do we have? Anthony Hamilton and Jill Scott, so in love. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh. mm. I'm glad the week is over. I need to get away. Go home and throw my clothes on. Come get you right away. Can't wait to see you looking lovely. I hope you're thinking of me. Cause all I Thank you. 
thought were amicable, long-standing history of Morris Day and what the estate thought were amicable discussion. The Prince of State was surprised and disappointed to see his recent the estate said in statement. The estate is open to working proactively in Mars to resolve their problem. However, the information that he shared is not entirely accurate, they say. Prince and they became friends as soon as Okay. Listen, let me just say this, okay? First of all, this is why you don't fuck your people over and leave not leave a wheel. I don't know if that's what happened with Prince. They say it wasn't no wheel. I don't know. You can give me that. That shit could be possible. <laughs> the evil twin probably said, Shit, we ain't gonna leave them. We don't give a fuck who gets. <laughs> Y'all know how you identify The smart kid twin is like, we need to leave a wheel. The evil twin is like, mm, leave, let, let's see a motherfucking fight over it. <laughs> and we'll watch from above laughing. <laughs> That's what shit Gemini's do. <laughs> anyway, I love Gemini's. I do. They're so fascinating. Anyway, they're kind of fascinating as us, okay? So, <clears throat> Prince, Prince is not without fault here, okay? If he did not leave a wheel, he is not without fault. Plus, you know, listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it. As much as I love Prince, and I wish I would have been a Prince girl back in the day, I hate that Prince could be absolutely selfish when it came to certain his music. I know he was guarding his, his, his music and everything like that. But, I mean, he could be over, I mean, to, to hold, I wouldn't want to own Morris's name. Owning the time is one thing, the group I created, but owning his name and not letting him perform, hey, it helps me when I don't, when he's performing. Yeah, I mean, that's it's money coming back to my pocket. Um, I just hate that. I feel like that's the same energy Prince was operating in. I'm sorry. You know, you saying the Prince didn't do that. Yeah, he did. But I remember hearing when Prince was alive, they was having some problems with using Tom's name and stuff, allegedly. I don't know how true that is. But the fact that he had to own your damn name, like, damn, I would have been like, nah, I can't own nobody's name. I'm going to give the name. Like, just when I heard, like, let me, this is sidebar, but when I heard New Edition, I don't know how true it is, but when I heard that New Edition, the name New Edition, had been brought by Johnny Gill and Ralph, I was really pissed about that because I was like, all the groups should own the New Edition name, especially the first original five. And seeing how they had to fight hard for that name originally when, uh, when what's his name? I forget, Maurice was it Maurice King or whatever the guy who owned the who was first managed New Edition and stuff? They had to fight him hard. They, you know, they. It was one time mentioned that New Edition's name was going to be given to new kids on the block at one time. You know, we would have went off the back in the day. You couldn't did that stuff today. You might have got away with that, but not back in our day. We would went off and you took New Edition's name. But I mean, they seeing they had to fight how hard they had to fight to keep that name. And everything. I never liked that then. And Maurice White, not Maurice. Maurice White. No, not Maurice White. It wasn't Maurice White. It was Maurice. That's what I'm thinking you're talking about the writer, Maurice. I think it was Maurice, Maurice King. I forget the name of Mar- the guy who used to uh, be over New Editions, uh, who started New Edition or helped create New Edition. But um, I didn't like when I heard Johnny in there. Because I was like, Johnny, you came in on a group that was already successful. Not just, you know. No, no offense to you, you made it even better, but they already was established like Kevin Durant coming to the Warriors. You know, what are you doing trying to own? You know, it, it just 
it just didn't seem right to me. I didn't like that when I heard that when I heard that story allegedly. But um, the same thing I think with Prince having the name Morris Day. I mean, like I'm like, nah, I don't want my friend not to be able to perform. Like that's his name. He's literally worked the fuck hard for that name. Why would I own the name? That's I mean, it's just the time I definitely see owning because you know, but Morris Day. That's some I, that's some lousy shit, and then to not leave a will if that is what he did, yes, because you know you never can tell in this uh in these uh in these streets up in here in these uh uh so these uh, rock and roll streets and so you don't know what uh, what be going on in the R and B rock world and whatever and the music is behind all this money and stuff like that, but if Prince with his shady ass passed away and didn't leave no will and didn't protect his intellectual property and the people associated with it, with it. that's fucked up. That's all I got to say. And, yes, I deem it has a prince problem, okay? So, you know, sad, but hopefully this estate is not, not dumb. I mean, listen, every time Morris Day goes out there to perform, uh, ice cream castles, the bird. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, seven, 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 ninety-three, eleven. Shit. Anytime, anytime he go out there, you know, you promoting music from the estate. Why? Why would you not want him to do that and use the name that is going to keep that music going forever, as long as he's alive and beyond? So I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get what the argument's about here. And I, hopefully the estate sees clear. I mean, it's it's horrible to own somebody's fucking when Prince. See, that's what makes me mad about Prince because Prince was having the same problem with Warner Brothers. He's punk ass. He's had the same problem with the Warner Brothers when he's walking around here with the symbol, talking about they own his name and all this stuff. Morris, you might need the symbol. Prince was doing the same shit. Then to know, not look out for people the same way that he wanted, he was looking out for himself and he understood the problem of the music industry and stuff. And then he would tell other artists about. So to not look out for your own artists in the same way kind of pisses me off. Okay? I, I mean, if, if Prince did that, okay? You were cool with this, friend. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it, it, you know, that's kind of messed up. And I think they're going to come. My personal opinion is that all this publicity going out, a lot of people love Mars Day and the time. And so I think this is not going to be, it's probably, the state is probably eventually going to be like, oh, we don't want all this bad publicity. So they'll work something out where he'll be able to still perform and be able to um, use that name. I, it just doesn't make sense not to. Shoot, my ass. If I'm the state, I'd be trying to get them all to get together and do a, a tour. So I'm like, listen here, I would too. They can, so these kids can go out here and record, go out here and uh, with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis or somebody. I'd be trying to do all kind of money deals. I don't understand people. I just don't. I don't know what these other. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't see it as being important. But I think it would be, it would be really great let him continue to use you know and he did build that name up okay Mars day even made purple rain shit purple rain wouldn't have been shit if Mars day wasn't in it 
back. I said what I said. I'm drinking and talking to y'all, but I said what I said. Morris Day made purple rain. Mm-hmm. So did. <laughs> okay, so it's just, you know, my thing is Morris Day was a very integral, intricate part of Prince's success of, of Prince's group. So to me, it's only fair, you know, and listen, I'm the kind of person I don't know I, I Maybe I wouldn't be I just can't say You can't say what you'd be like I, I would have to know the ins and outs I know that people said Michael Jackson was like this Michael Jackson would buy people's catalogs back And give them their catalogs and stuff like that That's how I feel I feel like, you know what, hey how could it have a, If you want to be prosperous Have an estate The lawyers and stuff don't think this shit Because a lot of them be greedy and stuff but if she has a family, if you want to be prosperous and continue in great things, my thing would be like, you know, what did Morris and them help build up? I want to make sure that they're, that people are fairly taken care of. Uh, let's give them a little piece of everybody in the time, a little piece of Morris day in the time. Let's get, and we'll own the majority, but we'll give them something so that they can have ownership for their family. They, Prince didn't create this by himself. They were a big part of it. Or, uh, you know, or, hey, uh, let's give back to um, to some of these artists that help create and make my, our brothers successful. I mean, people don't think like that, though. People want it out, usually. But you don't know that to give away something or to bless somebody is actually gives you a bet, especially if you got it. It actually bless you. It'll bless your estate. I mean, you know, to be treating the people who helped build and create the brand, who helped create print. Like, I would make sure they got, like, Morris got more from Purple Rank. I'd be like, you know, we've been selling the shit out of that movie. We need to renegotiate whatever he did in that movie and pay him something because he was the movie. People in show business don't think like that. That's sad, and that's why a lot of times they get karma that coming their way out through that business. See, I kind of share <laughs> because it's such a it's too much greed going on. So sometimes it's just a blessing, just help, be helpful to other people. Why would you want to stop him from performing and using his name when it helps your his estate? That's just crazy to me. No, I don't understand the point. I'd be actually calling him in the in the office to be renegotiating. Like they said, print. I mean, I don't know how true some of the stories were about Michael Jackson. I used to hear that Michael Jackson was giving people back their catalogs. You know, print, Michael Jackson owned a lot of music. That's why they get mad at Michael Jackson. Michael, they sold their catalog. That's so sad. You know, I still think Michael was killed for that catalog. I don't care what nobody says. I different. Okay, and he oh, he had a lot of music in that catalog. Damn shame. His ass was so smart though. When he bought that Beatles shit, ooh, he pissed him off. Ooh, he pissed him off when he bought that. <laughs> Michael Jackson was a real Virgo. 
he can't, he, he's talking to Paul McCartney. He told the truth. <laughs> Paul McCartney's like, yeah, you should buy publishing and buy songs and stuff like that. He says, I'm going to buy your songs. And Paul and him start laughing. Paul said, he didn't think nothing of it. Michael's like, mm-hmm, you laughing now. You're going to be laughing when you get have to ask me permission to use these damn songs. <laughs> but you know, I did like that he would give he would give back to uh, allegedly he would give back to other I don't know if that's legend or not, but that he would give back to um, other artists' music and stuff. I just feel like Prince was a different vibe. Shit, Prince seemed kind of selfish. <laughs> I love Prince, but his ass seems a little selfish. This, this seems like exactly the shit he did. Today, it's, the sky is blue, and I feel like, Morris, you can't use your name for 10 years. <laughs> While Prince was a, like a genius at times, at times he could be an asshole. <laughs> like, I thought, I said, I said, hey, we would, it would be interesting if I would have been a Prince girl. Shit, we would have been legendary. We would have asked him to fight all the time. That's real life. <laughs> We've been fighting all the time. I mean, like, who are you talking to? So short ass. I mean, <laughs> but that's what I, I felt like he, like, when people say he called him up at 2 o'clock in the morning talking about, uh, you know, uh, Prince would like to see you. See, you couldn't call my ass up at 2 in the morning talking about Prince would like to see you. I said, first of all, I'll tell Prince it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Secondly, tell Prince that call his damn self. Prince. <laughs> call him and never met Prince. But that kind of shit pisses me off. I'm like, why are you guys other people calling me at 2 and 3 in the morning? Like, Wendy Williams was saying how he used to call her at 2 and 3 in the morning. Like, are different people have people call and say, you want to come, come kick in with Chris? No. And tell this straight ass to get on the phone and call. If he wants somebody to come kick it with him, don't just be sending nobody to call me. Be personable. Don't be rude. <laughs> but that's just how my grandma waves me. I'm like, you're going to see this as Prince, Michael Jackson, Maxwell. <laughs> Don't be sending nobody else to talk to me. <laughs> Prince is a do some wild shit, and people will let him do that shit. He, you know, he, he reveled in that shit because y'all let him get, y'all let Prince's ass get away with a lot. Because <laughs> we love Prince, but it was a lot. <laughs> Could have called my ass into a car anymore. I'm telling you, I, that would have been my story. Like, he did that one guy. Have y'all ever heard this? It's a fabulous story. I can't forget. It's one for, about this director who directed all these, like, different things for Prince. I think some sort of religious thing or something. <laughs> and they went through all, they went through hell trying to direct this thing. I mean, he was asking for crazy-ass shit. <laughs> and you know he was on some ego shit. Like, you know he was on <laughs> some Gemini ego. Like the and probably was laughing in, in underneath, you know, under it all because he's probably trying to see if the fools are going to do it, right? They said he'd be asking for wild shit like camels in the middle of the night, so probably just to see if people was going to do the shit, you know? But um, but this particular director said they had done all this work on this documentary and everything. And so he said he he, he came to the, the person, his contact, the lady contact for Prince, and he's like, so what are we going to do? When, when is the release date for the documentary? And she said, release date? <laughs> he's like, yeah, we've done all this work and directed stuff. She's like, he's putting that in the box. He's like, what? 
You mean I can do all this work? And he was a top director. Like, he was a top-ass director. You mean I did all this work and he putting it in a box? And they said, well, you won't know when he's going to release it either. He probably won't release it until you die. I'm like, why you know how much shit was probably in Prince's vault? I think Prince was recording people when they was in his house, too. I think he's a type of Gemini. I think he'd do some shit like that. And he had that Scorpio ascendant, too. This nigga ass might be taping y'all when y'all was in his house. This is my my dark uh, my dark visions of Prince, okay? But Prince was that Prince was kind of wild. Prince was doing some wild ego shit. And I was like, you he hired that top producer and everything just to come down there and take that documentary on and he you know he fucked with him, that producer that director's ego by putting that shit in the box. <laughs> and I thought he enjoyed every minute of messing with people's minds. Oh, that Gemini shit. Oh. <laughs> You can't mess with me and Scorpio. I play that with somebody. We we we, we love it. You like, oh, we oh, you want to play mind games, huh? <laughs> you know, you when you play mind games with us, Scorpio, we intrigued by it. You just you just like, oh, okay, you want to play mind games, huh? You really do. You really want to come to the dark side. We can all play. <laughs> you don't really want to go there with Scorpio. We keep you up at night. We we do all kind of stuff. You know. <laughs> Like, Jim and I was going to play the mind games. You know, Prince was contemplating. But he's a Scorpio Ascendant, I think. But he's contemplating mind games. Well, I would, I'd be like, you are you going to be cute, huh? Okay, we got some mind games for a year. <laughs> but I felt like he was always doing that to people. So does this surprise me that his estate is moving this way? No. Nope. nope. And Prince fans, I know how y'all are. I wish y'all know how Prince was, okay? Let's not play the game. <laughs> All right, so in other news, oh God, what else? Did y'all see Laverne Cox? Let's talk about Laverne real quick. The other night, Will Smith, what did he win? The SAG Award? Which is good news for Will because he could win the possible Oscar by winning the SAG. Usually, sometimes it's a good indication that you may have a shot at the, um, at the SAG Award, but he won. Um, for Best Actor for King Richard. Now, before he won, Laverne Cox was in the audience. I guess she was doing some sort of hosting or something, and she was talking to, uh, uh, she was talking, and I, oh, I got to talk about, I, I, I got so many things going through my head right now, but I want to talk about that uh, movie Laverne Cox was in, too, about the woman version of Tinder Swindler, uh, Anna something. We'll talk about it in a minute. But um, Laverne Cox, Says to them something about talking about entanglements and stuff like that. I was like, no, don't do that tonight. I mean, it was just crazy that she she brought that up. I was like, why would you do that? But it says this is according to insiders. Says Laverne Cox defends bringing up Jada Pinkett Smith's entanglement to her and Will Smith after critics call it tasteless. I thought that was funny. It says Laverne Cox addressed her remarks to Jada Pinkett Smith on the Saturday Awards red carpet. Carpet Cox referenced. Pink Smith's extramarital entanglement in front of her and Will Smith. My intent was not to mock or make fun of Cox there during the Instagram live stream. Laverne Cox said she didn't mean to mock Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith by bringing up Peter Smith's extramarital entanglement on the SAG Awards red carpet. At the award ceremony on Sunday, Cox, who was, red, who was a red carpet correspondent for E! News, told Pinkett Smith that fans couldn't wait for more red table talks and more entanglements. She knew what the fuck she was doing. That wasn't funny. 
I mean, even me. Listen, I do celebrity news and celebrity gossip, and I joke on here and everything. I told y'all I fucking like the Smiths. I fuck with the Smiths. I like them. I know, because they You know why I like the Smiths? Because they just said, fuck y'all. They tired. They tired of putting up the, 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 the facade. They're like, shit, we ain't perfect up in this bitch. Jada be out here in these streets. She's letting me know she her options is open and shit. Mine's is open too. Shit, we don't know what we don't do. <laughs> I like that real shit. Our kids is crazy. It's hell shit. We crazy. It's all. We dysfunctional. We the average of American family. Hollywood films. It is what it is. Red table talks. They just like, we could be just. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> and they just don't let the, the free flag fly, okay? So I, y'all can't, y'all, I like the Smith, but I know. I would not have brought up entertainment. First of all, unless we, we, we're in a setting where we can have that discussion and Will is there and Jay's there, but this is a red carpet for the SAG Awards in which he's nominated for Best Actor. And listen, this man has been haunted. Let, let me just say, it's hard for a man with his wife. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's harder for men when women cheat. Women do cheat. Shit. What's the obvious street? I know women cheat. Women, women, but women just ain't busted as much as y'all. <laughs> but women, women cheat. But it's harder for men. Men have a harder time dealing with cheating than women, okay? And Will has decided that he, and he wasn't, she wasn't the only one cheating. He was too, allegedly. So Will and Jada, you know, it's harder for Will's ego, even though he was messing around too, probably to hear that. And especially the night where he is getting ready to win, he's getting ready to win a SAG award and to be overwhelmed by Jada's red table talk shit, it's just not cool. I know he's mad. I know he's mad. He can say he wasn't about shit. I do not believe he will. I know you like this. This is what we're going to bring up tonight. <laughs> but it says uh, Smith and Pinkett Smith laughed at the remark. And and Pinkett Smith replied, no more of those. Mm-hmm, Jada. Mm-hmm. Nah, I didn't, you didn't got to lie. You should have said, <laughs> And just like a, a rude, I would have did like a rude laugh. <laughs> mm. I said, well, this is a night about red table talk. My man is about to win a SAG award, okay? We're not going to bring up no red table talks right now. It's about my baby tonight. It's about my book. What did you up here talking about? I would have checked. <laughs> right? But, I mean, I just felt like that was tasteful. I don't know. I just... And I know we all make mistakes and say things certain times, and sometimes we can all, but I'm like, come on. When I first heard her do that, I was I cringed. I was like, oh, my God, not at this moment, not at this place, you know. And he's been so overwhelmed with all, I mean, the memes, everything that's out here, Will Smith, you know. And nobody's talking about that Will Smith was having his own side pieces, but allegedly, but everybody's talking about Jada. You know, women wear the scarlet letter for adultery. I, you know, which I never, uh, you know, more than me. And I think that the reason why that is because when a woman has become, you know, men can have sex with uh, other women and not be attached usually sometimes. Sometimes with women, too, but for the most part, when a woman has had, made, you know, had an affair, 
And it's not impossible for women not to have an affair, okay? But when women have them, it is usually, it's become emotional, and they're usually gone. Like, they're gone. They're in love with the other person by that time. It's just that a lot of times. Because women don't usually, most women, not all women, but most women, usually women have to become in an emotional place before, you know, something like that. So I think that's why women sometimes tend to wear the scarlet letter of of of, of cheating with men don't. Uh, and, you know, one of my favorite movies in the whole, oh, God, in the movie, like the movie universe is Bridges of Madison County. Have you Listen, I can watch Bridges of Madison County today and start crying at end when she's at the end sitting in that truck and she's about to open that door. She's like, I want to go. That's what she's like. You know, she's like, I want to leave. <laughs> oh, that you crying for her because you know, you know. You know this Negro, this reported Negro, that came in. This reporter, he done came in her life and changed her whole damn life. He done messed her mind up, <laughs> and she knows she's never going to. That love is a once in a fucking lifetime thing, and she she got us. She's sitting at the holding door, and but here's the interesting thing: they make that sound look so glamorous, but in the movie, what I love about the movie is it's the it's the affair of the movie, but what I love about the movie is because there's this backdrop story about another woman who was having an affair in the town, and she had become an outcast. Nobody had ever just found out about the Bridges of Madison County woman, right, because she kept her and that man kept that on the low forever, okay? So, I mean, for the rest of their lives, and, they, and her kids, you know, found out about it through a letter. But in the movie, I love that they put the writers put, to tell that story of the woman, her and the woman become good friends, too. And the woman holds the secret that she's had an affair, too. Because in that time, that woman had an affair, and she wore the scarlet letter around town. People was hating her. People was hating, hating her because she was a woman who had an affair, a woman who had made a situation mistake, a woman who had become divorced. I mean, it's just, so women often, and so I just, why one of the reasons I love Bridges of Madison County because it addresses that energy of women wearing the scarlet letter. Now, I feel as if, if that had been real, I don't think she would have even said anything like that. And so it's just so tacky. I didn't like that. It's just, I'm sorry, Laverne, I didn't like it, it was tacky. But she says, uh, Cox says she heard that people thought her remarks were cases and tacky, pushing her to hold herself accountable and critically respect on the comments. She said, I love Red Table Talks. I love what the Smiths have done with Red Table Talks. And I think my error is that so many things I wanted to say to the Smiths, and we didn't have time, Cox said. I wanted to say so much to them about not just them, about her, about their just, uh, or just, what's that, to be it? I don't know what she says. And what they uh and what they've done with red table table talk specifically, she continued. And so when I said I'm looking forward to more red table talk entertainment, I thought that was funny. Listen, no, that's a not you you might have wanted to talk to them about various different things, but you're a host that night. You that's not knowing where you're at. You're there to host 
the red carpet for the SAG Awards. That's a, you're not there to have an interview. With, if that was in an interview setting with Will and Jada and you're getting to that top, top, that, that's appropriate. That's funny in that conversation where it's just them sitting there and you're having a conversation about their year. But it's not funny when you're at a red carpet event and you've been called to host, that's knowing where you're at. You're hosting the red carpet, and you're there to talk to them. You might mention it, talking about, ooh, you guys had a lot of controversy on red tabletops, meaning, Jada, when are we getting it back, or something like that. That's the way you can say it. But um, saying that entanglement thing, and you can see Will's face. You can see it. You you just see he's like, like am I gonna have to deal with this for my whole life? <laughs> yes, Will. <laughs> oh yes. I mean, and that is to me, and you can just see Jada looking like, oh my god, you know, like you know, this was inappropriate. Now I didn't like the story, and I think it just brings up the whole idea of scarlet letter for women. So. Uh, yeah. But it says, Cox says she had not apologized to the Smithson that her addressing the remarks which she were she said were a lover of the couple was not to be constituted as such. She said if that if the Smiths needed an apology from her, she would address it privately. Uh, my intent was not to mock or make fun of, of obviously, but I understand there's a difference between intent and impact, Cox said. Well, and it's also that the fact that you didn't understand as a person who was a host at night and playing as a reporter, that you have to know where you're at in the event. You're not there to ask them questions. You might touch on red table talks, but you're not there to have, ask them all the questions you ever wanted to know or you had so much to say to them. Well, that's not the place. That's red carpet. It's fast. It's, hey, such and such, oh, my God, where are we getting red table talk yet? Oh, God, you got to have so much controversy. We loved it. Hey, Will, can I, are you excited about winning this SAG Award? <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, are you excited about being nominated for a SAG Award? <laughs> oh, God, after the year you've had, Will, you've had a great year with King Richard and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. you've done your book. You know, that's how you, that's what you're supposed to be there to do. You're you're not there to talk about entanglement. That's why it's important that if you're going to be an actress or an actor, even on the red tabletops, and I mean, even on the red carpet, to me, that you, you get some little, maybe a little bit of journalism training. I know what's appropriate for the red carpet. That's just my personal opinion, Jay. But, yeah, very interesting. Now, she's in a movie this week that's been on Netflix. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is the name of it? The Making of Anna. Let me look it up. I forget the lady's name. Uh, Delvey? Was it Anna Delvey? Yeah. Um, the making of Anna Delvey. Let me look at this. And I think Julia Garner uh, plays uh, Anna Delvey. Who does, uh, she does such a fabulous. Let me just. Inventing, yeah, the true story about inventing Anna. Ah, the girl from, uh, oh, what is it, the, uh, the Rose Arts who plays Ruth? She did such a fabulous job. And I know a lot of people are talking about her accent. Listen, if you've ever heard the real Anna Delvey talk, she, talk, she hit that accent on the mark. 
okay? She did that. She did it perfect, okay? This was such a great movie. And this, you know, I mean, this is, even though I know they embellish some things and stuff, but Anna Delvey, uh, what she was able to do in New York City was fucking crazy. This is fucking crazy as a Tinder swindler running around here getting bitches to give him hundreds of thousands of dollars of it. <laughs> and creating a Ponzi scheme of folks' credit cards. <laughs> what Anna Delvey did has, you know, it's the power of whiteness, again, in New York City to convince all these upscale people, celebrities. I mean, I mean, she wanted to build like a, like a, a exclusive clubhouse, more exclusive than Soho. Tired of hanging out with you new money hoes at Soho. Anna, who wasn't even a part of the fucking elite, this was acting like she was elite. Tried to build, was trying to build something more elite than Soho. Like we fucking don't want the new money. We like we got to build some real shit up in here. Soho, you bitches can have Soho. You celebrities and 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 Arthur's and and new money. <laughs> we need some more exclusion from you bitches. We had you to entertain. <laughs> I always laugh at it. It's always amazing. Like I always laugh at the. I guess Soho is like a so so some sort of iconic or something. It's so bougie when y'all talk about Soho. I be laughing. I be like, it's so bougie. What the fuck are y'all doing in Soho? <laughs> are y'all swimming all day? What are you doing? I know they got a lot of stuff in there. It's like some like exclusive club or something. But Anna was like, damn that. That shit is new money. <laughs> She ain't even got no money, but she said, but that shit's new money. Anna was about to build some real shit. <laughs> but Elite, Elite, and she got this, she got so, a 40, she almost got a $40 million loan. And you know what I kept thinking to myself? If she was a white man, she would have got that shit. She's a white man. She was, She got so close. And if she would have been a white male, they wouldn't have called shit. She would they would have went right on she would have went right on through for for him. He'd be owning Soho and a fraud to this day. Never being found out. You know how I many probably frauds it is out there in the world like this. Would do it that have done what Anna Delvey done. But what I found so fascinating about her was that even though it was crazy what she had done, she was smart as hell. And she was right about all that shit. You can't be that. She couldn't be dumb to do that, to pull it off. But it also says about how we think of class, how classism works in America, and how people can think they could. I mean, she had parties with celebrities. <laughs> they started like, I'm just in a belly tonight. <laughs> that boy ain't a shit. I mean, it is. It, it just shows the idea of class in America and how fragile that shit really is. Like how how anybody can be fooled by she was still literally the tender swindler of the elites of New York City. I mean, she was having all kinds of celebrities that you know they you know how they do party at the tennis. <laughs> Anyone can look around. It, it's just like, and it was so funny. There was this part in the movie where this uh, 
where this woman, where the woman reporter comes in and she's like, why do you look so poor? I'm like, she's just been sitting there looking across with a dress, an orange dress she's on, saying to her, why do you look so poor? <laughs> You're fat. <laughs> I was like, this is and what was hilarious is because they had some people over there didn't have no money and was elitist as fuck. I mean, they were so elite. And then the, one of the sweet people they had that Anna had food and swindled, she was super rich. You know, she grew up in a really rich family and everything. But she seemed like the total sweetheart. I mean, but she was elitist, but she was the total sweet, the sweet and was able to get, get, I mean, swindle. And it showed how much how important relationships are and networking and that kind of thing. Because our interview was networked her ass almost into $40 million <laughs> and owning some of the best property in New York City. All I got to say is if she was a white man, she would have did that shit. She came that close. <laughs> when I say that close, real, real close. Has close, has, what is it? Uh, just close, closer than close. <laughs> she almost got that. She was right at the. She was right at it. <laughs> it's a crazy story. Definitely watch Inventing Anna. Crazy, okay? It is. It, it was nuts. It's a nutty story, and I suspect that Anna is probably never gonna have to worry about money again. <laughs> it's so funny because she just withered her way. Into the thing, but now she just went to her in the way show nothing or something because she's become popular with this movie coming out about her. So it's just interesting, and I'll probably talk about more of it on our next show about Inventor Anna because to me it was just fascinating how we see class and race and oh my god, you know, I always I often think sometimes, you know. I'm a little bit Western girl from Kansas City, and you know it's just it felt like in those spaces, like you know, oh, I think he's just, I make you so hope. <laughs> I mean, I think I would laugh at shit like that. I'm like, what? I mean, you know, but but that's but at the same time, I understand how why people are involved and stuff like that is because you get to meet so many people and network, and it's probably fun being a part of that. I'm sure you get money. It's probably. <laughs> Fun, but it just it, there is such a you can feel the elitist energy to it. But Anna was so tough. Anna was like, "Fuck that Soho shit. I'm about to open up something that's gonna supersede that shit." <laughs> and she wasn't even elite. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. That's like, it's it's crazy. Y'all gotta see Inventing Anna. So if y'all this week homework for y'all, watch Inventing Anna. Damn good. Damn good. Okay. Uh, next, what did I want to talk to y'all about uh, this week? And I'm about to end it because y'all, y'all know I've been out here. I'm going to end it early. Do I have it? Um, let me see. Um, I don't know. We'll have to um, 
I was going to talk about the Raymond saying Tana uh, at uh, Scott's Delicious over divorce jokes and stuff, but we'll we will say that. Um, trying to think, is there anything else I wanted to talk to y'all about before Saturday? Uh, I think that's it. You know, I am I did I get everything? I think so. We, I'm not going to talk about love after lockup or anything like that. Um, we'll save all that. Oh, no. Yes, I know what I wanted to say. Talk about Kim Kardashian get become single. Okay, because Kanye was asking a little segment. You know, I take, listen, because I've seen so many women be in violent relationships. I mean, I'm not saying that's what Kanye is, but women who have been in violent relationships, abusive relationships, a lot of women in my family, outside friends, different things like that. I do not play when it comes to somebody acting crazy. When somebody is starting to be a little too nutty. Kanye was acting a little too nutty to me. It was not comfortable. Even as much as I ain't into the Kardashians, it, I did not like the way he was treating He was acting with her. And I thought it was a very scary energy. But it says, Kim Kardashian reportedly feels anxious but hopeful about single status may end up with informal custody agreement. This is according to Boston.com. They're saying Kim Kardashian is officially a single woman, but she doesn't quite know how to feel following such a big victory in her divorce from Kanye West. On Wednesday, a Los Angeles judge granted the reality star's request to legally restore her single status and revert back to her maiden name, going back to her days before uh, KKW. While her divorce is still ongoing, a source close to uh to the film founder tell E News that Kim Kardashian feels anxious about the future, but is very hopeful and that she will be able that she she and you will be able to get things all worked out. Uh, the other source says that the former couple have many issues to work out before finalizing the divorce. Kim is hopeful they can get through it for the sake of the kids. Listen, I hope she can, but it was very scary how he was acting and rolling down these streets. I don't when I see anybody behaving like that First of all, he needs to take his medicine. But, you know, it's scary. And I take women, tell women to take that shit seriously. You need to have a mediator with his ass, said, you know, especially when he's threatening your man, your new coop, your new uh, 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 dick. <laughs> and Kanye always be making songs about the man, everything. I mean, it's crazy. It's just a little scary. So it's just, I just, I just think I'm good for her that she's single again. But I told y'all, I said Kanye was not the motherfucking favorite. I said what I said. I said that a long time ago. Okay, so I think that's it. I think that's it. We're gonna talk. Um, I think we'll talk more about some more celebrity news this year. I don't think I had anything else. We'll talk about more celebrity news. Hopefully, if I do a show Saturday, I'll have more and I'll revisit some of the uh, stories that I talked about. I'll revisit, I may revisit uh, uh, what I just talked about before this. What was I just talking about? I forgot what I just talked about. <laughs> but we'll, talk, we'll revisit some of the stories, including the review for some of you, those of you who didn't hear it. I'll touch on it a little bit more on the next show. And a lot of you guys are saying I never said how I felt about Super Bowl halftime. Um, I kind of did. I thought it was okay. I didn't, listen. I mean, it would have been, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, there's certain things I just didn't like. You know, I grew up in an age where when we say, you know, <laughs> 
like when we have a you got you you do as black people not to say certain things around non-black people or certain things or whatever but to me sometimes we're in an age now where we people say everything and to me like what i didn't like about the performances was that some of the things for black people like to stay in like it's funny when we 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 amongst each other in crip walking it ain't funny when it's going out on national television it ain't funny when we, we when people are dancing in prison suits across the state, <laughs> across the state. It, it's fun it, among us, but it was just certain imaging. I didn't really, I didn't really take to it. I mean, I grew up on some of that music, but uh, you know, again, I don't know. So I mean, I, maybe I'll talk about it more Saturday because I think I need, I need, you know, I need more time to think about it. But I thought I explained this to y'all, but I guess I didn't. I guess I never talked about the Super Bowl afterwards. Which is interesting because I didn't pay that much attention to it <laughs> either, okay? But I'm going to let you guys go. You have a wonderful rest of your evening. I hope you guys enjoyed the review for Maxwell. I know I was all over the place, but y'all get the picture. Hopefully, y'all will uh, uh, y'all will get, get to see uh, the night tour coming to your city. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm sure it's going to get better, and it's going to be great, okay? So y'all have a good one. We'll leave with... Um, I always laugh about this. I'm mean, a quick comment. I mean, the show, uh, now we're going to leave it off, okay, you guys? It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. Y'all have a good one. I'm out. See y'all. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're listening to the Archive Show. Remember, you can hit me up on Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram. You can hit me up on Twitter, Catwood Show, Carlotta72, both Twitter accounts. You can also hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. If you want to leave me a message, you can DM me at Instagram or DM me on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? Yeah, you're welcome to reach out about whatever you just on your mind as far as the show or whatever you want to talk about, okay? If you want to hear something on the show, all that, okay? I'm out. See y'all. <laughs>